This is Leslie Kane, and you're listening to That UFO Podcast. I'd like to thank Motley Fool for sponsoring this episode. I've said before on ads that looking after yourself financially gets harder and harder with the cost of everything going up. Being a tight Scotsman, I use every method I can possible to save a little here or make the most of what I have there. Motley Fool is one way that you can definitely look to maximise your income from investments. The age of stock picking is here with towering inflation and elevating interest rates. Sticking your money in a passive market just isn't going to get you what it used to, but it doesn't mean you have to abandon the market. There are still ways to invest for the future. You just need to know where to look, which is where The Motley Fool comes in. The Motley Fool Stock Advisor Service highlights two stocks each and every month for members to add to their portfolios and it literally is paid to listen to them. Historically, their average stock recommendation is up over 400% as of April 10th, 2023. And listeners of That UFO Podcast can now access Motley Fool Stock Advisor for just $89 for their first year, a full $110 off the list price. What are you waiting for? Visit fool.com slash podcast. That's F-O-O-L dot com slash podcast to start your investing journey today. $110 discount off of $199 per year list price. Membership will renew annually at the then current list price. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and it's been a week since the UFO hearings in the United States of America and joining me to discuss that on a breakdown along with a few other news stories that have popped up this week is Dan. Dan, welcome. Hello, hello. My second show back with a decent microphone. It's, uh, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> and not a particularly decent internet connection, but we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it doesn't cut off, but Swings around people out there will never know. Yeah, people out there will never know due to the magic of editing and hitting the record button again. <laughs> um, but yeah, a few things to discuss. The hearings reaction, uh, John Ramirez on Fade to Black made some interesting comments that have been picked up online today. James Fox on Joe Rogan, some chat around uh, anomalies being picked up in Skinwalker Ranch and Brazil, and a little bit more sprinkled throughout as well. So uh, let's get straight into the reaction, Dan. It's, it's been a week since we talked about the in the aftermath of the hearings. Um, mixed reactions from many and I think that's probably still been the case afterwards as well um, I shared at the time just to refresh folks and I don't think I've changed too much that I was I was largely disappointed with uh, Senator Gillibrand's follow-ups and h- h- lack of hardline questions to Dr Sean Kirkpatrick however I'm still hanging my hat on the fact that the classified portion of the briefing being first that apparently was much better attended much much more well attended god that's awful grammar insert whatever grammar you want there but there were more people (laughs) there right um so it seems like it was far better far better attended i don't know why that sounds so odd to say um i'm hoping that she heard enough there from sean kirkpatrick that she didn't push the questioning in the next part and it seemed more geared towards her offering support that he would require to do the work he wanted to do even though he seemed less committal to the ufo side of things than we would maybe have liked in the ufo community whatever you want to call it um but yeah slightly disappointed still but not not you know not devastated um what about you Elbicon? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been interesting seeing certain people in the community like Tim McMillan, you know, uh, Richard Dolan, Cobell, George Knapp kind of 
seeing seeing what takes they uh, had on this because you know different highlights to us you know everyone's different and that's the nice thing about this subject is we all kind of have a puzzle piece right and we see it in different ways um for, for me it's very much uh you know kind of the same as we were um ultimately it's kind of choose your own adventure you know that that statement uh of no credible evidence of et that seems to have galvanized both the believers and the debunkers into their respective extremes. Uh, you know, for debunkers, that means, oh, yeah, they're all balloons. For believers, that means, oh, he's part of the cover-up and, and he's hiding things from us. Usually, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, and it certainly seems like Kirkpatrick kind of enjoys a good chess game, but knows the board is rigged, I would say, you know. Uh, he, he's starting to realize what he's coming up against. Tim McMillan highlighted a few interesting things mostly the the thing that i would like to emphasize is title 10 versus title 50 and this was in his article on the debrief the link will be in the show notes for that as well for folks who haven't seen it yeah there were a couple of things but basically title 50 access or information uh includes covert action and most intelligence missions carried out by the cia nro nga nsa you know all those three letter agencies basically all the good stuff Arrow seems to only have access to about 20% of the sensors that they need. So when they kind of look at that orb video, for example, and they say, there's no way we can solve this, there could be other sensors that were looking in that place, but they just don't have access to them. In the hearing, Senator Gillibrand said, you know, hey, can you help us write the language that would get you that access? Um, and Kirkpatrick responded very politically and, you know, kind of said, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come up with a plan and kind of sort it out between you and OUSDI. But... Ultimately, it means that we're going to need another NDAA to kind of instill this access and give them this access. Um, Corbell went on to say that basically he, uh, what what was the exact quote? I just don't trust Arrow to do its job yet. So it's interesting that, that, you know, he was very positive, but ultimately he was like, you know, the test is in front of us. It remains to be seen whether they're going to toe the line or whether they're going to go running into the these places where the legacy programs are supposedly available. Yeah, it's interesting the 20% of sensors being available and people know by now I love an analogy and I'm thinking it's like someone sending you a picture that shows your partner potentially cheating and all you see is like the back of them next to someone and it could be anything but then someone else telling you actually four other people have video from different angles showing the exact same event but we're not going to give you that but you'll need to go off of the photograph. It's that, that kind of lack of data, so you have to kind of make up your mind based on that photo at an awkward angle that might not even be them. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. They were just leaning down to pick something up off the floor or something, and it just looks dodgy. We've all seen American Beauty, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you went to them leaning over. Um, I was thinking more standing up dancing in a club. Okay. But okay. Um, yeah. That we'll kind of speaks to two one. different interpretations of the same situation, right? That's it's, exactly what we were absolutely. talking about. <laughs> all about angles and metal spheres yeah so uh, yeah <laughs> want to ask you though going back to i don't think we talked about this but i did talk about this online afterwards and put a few tweets and stuff out about it i i picked up on quite early on the no credible evidence and i'm in the the hopeful camp with that being the word credible is important within that i think i might have mentioned that but what is to dr sean kirkpatrick and we need to speculate what is credible evidence of extraterrestrial visitation because even if they could see a craft that for all intents and purposes completely defied all known physics that's still not evidence though is it of extraterrestrial visitation as much as common sense might say it should be we don't know what that is 
So they could still look at a video that they go, for the love of God, they could stand there with the Russians, the Chinese, you know, the, the Germans, the Spanish, whoever else, the North Koreans, and they could all watch a video and say, that's not any of ours. And that's probably technically still not evidence of extraterrestrial visitation, is it? Because what would that look like? What is that? If there's no windows and there's no little beings at the window waving at them. So there's, there's that, whether it's a get out of jail free card or whether it is just speaking factually it's it's not incorrect is it because is there a checklist you know of a sort we, we talk about the five observable stuff the six observables whatever people want to go on about um but what is that checklist for extraterrestrial visitation or something that's not human and maybe they maybe they don't have that yeah precisely it's really hard to to say like even even if because we've heard that these things kind of mask their signatures right they manage signatures if they were coming from outer space it could be that they just want to look that way so we kind of have to assume that you know there's some trickery going on even if we saw them go to another planet and kind of land there we'd want to see the civilization and the organization and you know all the intelligence apparatus between kind of launching that um and saying okay this is definitely home this isn't a base that they've outreached to or something like that so yeah you're totally right the the term keeps coming up uh, on my Twitter feed where people are talking about, you know, why didn't Kirkpatrick talk about non-human intelligence? And even even that as a term just leaves so much room to discuss, you know, technically uh, uh, dolphins, whales, crows, octopus, all these things qualify as non-human intelligence. But um, ET also falls into that category. But you wouldn't be able to, there's no language we have to definitively state something other, especially when you consider that Lou said to you, mankind's, so mm-hmm. we could be looking at something human, and in which case, calling it human technology is is you know a bit disingenuous. But you could do that. So but not people, human people as we know it, Scotty. Yeah, you know that, exactly. that old one. So we we kind of um, have to hold. They, this is why we have to take things seriously, hold things lightly, because you know all of these definitions and language that we use. Um, ultimately, it all comes from informed speculation, right? We were talking about this before the, we started recording. And a lot of this community is informed speculation, and it's really hard to kind of find any real data to hold on to. So in a way, I can kind of understand why he said no credible evidence, because if he's hearing single source testimony and things like that and doesn't have access to all those sensor systems and the data they collected, then it's really hard to say definitively, yes, we've seen evidence of aliens. Um, so yeah, we just have to kind of let it play out. It's going to take time, I think. What, what else could he say? And this is one that's probably going to annoy some people. Some people will agree and other people will be indifferent. But just playing devil's advocate for a second, if in that moment he said, yeah, we've got we've got some evidence potentially of it being, you know, extraterrestrial, he's not going to say that, you know, in the room with three people um, and a couple of people in the audience, which we may or may not get to talking about. Um, is he going to say that in that setting? It's not. Is it the time and place for it? Probably not, even though... It's a UFO hearing for all intents and purposes. Is that really the moment for someone to come out and say, yeah, there's some evidence of something that's not human, but we're going to run a few more tests. You know, I I just don't feel that was the moment for it. Um, And I think that quickly was picked up by people that this this hearing isn't. um, Actually, do you know what? You said it and others, many others said it beforehand that, and it was actually on the, the kind of agenda for the meeting. It's not what this was about. Was it that was even on the page, the holding page on the this is about, you know, Arrow's mission, you know, it's how it's been doing its work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
is it a little bit like expecting, and we'll get to documentaries later on, a documentary to release smoking gun evidence of you know UFOs or alien life existing when it's been in production for six months? You would hear about it before then. You know, it's not going to wait for a TV show episode to come out. Are we going to wait weeks and weeks and weeks and months for Dr. Shankar Patrick to say, actually, yeah, and some evidence we looked at back in September 2022, there was a proof of an extraterrestrial life, but we're going to do some more, go do some more research into that. That That's not going to happen, is it? We would probably have heard if it was going to come from him, maybe something at the time, and I could be completely wrong with that. That might be my ignorance, but just thinking out loud. Yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. We we spoke, I think it was with Dathan and Ryan, we spoke about like, who would it even come from if they were to announce this? Who who did, would people trust, you know? And anyone that's kind of done a bit of research into the subject knows that it's such a dramatic subject that it's hard not to say something simple and come off as sensational. So I understand the conservative approach. I actually, there, there was a movie made way back when called Intruders that featured Bud Hopkins and there was a meeting in there where he, he met Air Force Major General Thomas Hanley, who kind of was in charge of the Air Force when Roswell happened, basically. Um, and he had this little kind of spiel that I wrote down because I thought it would be interesting to read to because a lot of people want this just announced. And when he's talking to Bud Hopkins in the movie, he he says, I'm just going to read this paragraph because I thought it was powerful and it, it speaks to kind of the ultimate point. Um, <clears throat> he says, let's assume for the sake of argument that something is happening out there. What would you have us do? Should the president of the USA go on national television and say, my fellow Americans, we have evidences for a superior culture out there. They come from God knows where, maybe from outer space, maybe from other dimension of existence. They are abducting our citizens on a regular basis, conducting experiments on them, collecting specimens of our ova, our sperm. They've been impregnating women and then later invading these women's bodies again and sealing the unborn fetuses for reasons we can only imagine. And then he says, our world, my friend, is based on the premise of a 30-year mortgage. You and I can close our eyes and go to sleep at night because we're pretty sure that the world we know today will be there tomorrow and the next day and the week after that. So I repeat, doctor, until the day comes when we know exactly what we're dealing with, until we can give solid answers, the policy of this government remains nothing is out there. It's just science fiction, the domain of a, rabid, a very rabid lunatic fringe. And I thought that was really powerful because ultimately... Mm the US isn't going to say anything unless they can provide the answers and say that people are protected against it. So you have this weird line being towed where they kind of have to investigate the unknown and admit there's an unknown, but at the same time, make everyone feel safe in their houses that the world is going to still be here tomorrow. And I mean, that's, that's a hell of a juggling job, isn't it? Yeah. And there's few things that can really change the world overnight in that sense, like maybe like COVID, the pandemic sort of done that for a lot of people. Um, in a lot of different ways, uh, you know, a nuclear attack could do that on on you know on a land or populated mass. Um, mass terror attacks do it in a way, but also any world power coming out and saying we've got proof of ET does that too. Um, so so yeah, no, I can get that, and it's an interesting statement, and it's it's sort of how I think the government of the world do operate even our own UK government of, you know, there's something out there, but until we can see exactly what it is and, you know, what we plan to do about it, which right now is, is pretty much nothing as far as most people are aware. Yeah. Totally different conversation though to then go into, yeah, but what about the back engineer triangles and all that kind of stuff? That's, 
again, I've talked before, Dan, about that spider diagram of this subject. If you draw in the middle, you know, UFO and do the lines coming off it, ET, interdimensional craft, you know, even the alpha craft, where are the craft built? How do they build them? Are they grown? You know, is it nuts and bolts? Do people manufacture them? There's so many different bubbles and everything that come off it. It's just, but that's why people like me and you love this topic in conversation. And it goes into areas that you don't want to talk about or maybe don't even like talking about. But, you know, and that's some of the things we're going to discuss in this breakdown is bits and pieces of news that some folks absolutely hate and despise. But there are other folks within this subject that treat them very seriously and like it, enjoy it, find it entertaining, find it informative, or have complete faith in it. And it's it's fascinating to see how that kind of comes across depending depending on what you do. And I, I've had that with some interviews that I've thought, will this go down well with people? And it's massive positive reaction. And in other ones where folks are like, but there's always people on both sides of the fence. Um, just to bring up, Dan, Josh Boswell at the Daily Mail, who writes alongside Chris Sharp uh, usually, um, had an article come out today, the 26th of April, as we record this. And uh, we'll put the link in the description. A um, couple of talking points from it was that uh, Danny Sheehan, uh, lawyer who represents Lou Elizondo and well-known lawyer for, and you know, colleague of Stephen Greer's over the years, appeared in a lot of documentaries, has apparently said he is in contact with six former government officials or military contractors who say they worked on UFO programs. These whistleblowers claim they worked on Roswell-style UFO crash retrieval programs. Let me come back to that. And he's also launching a watchdog charity pushing for greater transparency. On that second bullet point that was on there, the whistleblowers claim they worked on Roswell-style UFO crash retrieval programs. To you, Dan, what 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 comes to mind as Roswell style? I mean, that that phrasing just puts a bunch of question marks over my head because I'm like, we we haven't definitively identified a Roswell style crash retrieval program, so it's kind of it's almost meaningless. <laughs> for me, so I'm, so I'm asking you though, because it make it's, I'm only thinking, I'm not sure, but straight away I was like, so does that mean? People who worked on something that crashed out in the desert, people that worked on crashed saucers, people that worked on definitive alien retrieval yeah, programs. I mean. so or is it just ways. something crashed that they didn't know what it was and had to retrieve it? Ultimately, that's what I would have to agree that that means. Just they don't know what it was. They were sequestering stuff that they found that crashed, that was airborne from wherever, and they were working on it, whether that's ET or not. That's that's the whole debate, right? And I still go for people who are newer to the podcast or haven't heard me mention it for a while. Roswell was likely ET crash, and yeah, I'm I'm all for that. But I'm just I was just curious on whistleblowers who claim they worked on Roswell style UFO retrieval programs. So just interesting language. Um, Danny Sheehan's a very interesting character for the folks who message me regularly to ask get Danny Sheehan on. I have tried many different ways maybe it'll happen eventually but he's a he's a hard man to get a hold of um and no doubt he's very very busy as well he has like a legal representative so we'll be inundated with work no doubt um in, in various different fields but um what were your thoughts on this one dan you i got you to read this then just before you came on it literally, yeah, literally. had only been released like an hour or two ago <laughs> it just it just kind of yeah read it through it it's again these kind of whistleblowers who claim you know, I'm kind of like Sean Kirkpatrick here. I, I'd love to hear what they have to say, but just having proof that you worked in government and saying stuff doesn't mean that you did that stuff. Um, 
you know, for that to be credible for me, I would need them to walk me into a lab. I would need them to walk Sean Kirkpatrick into a lab or Gillibrand into a lab and show them this stuff. Um, and for it to actually be anomalous, not just, you know, like these, we, we've seen honeycomb structures passed off as, oh, this is from an ET craft and it's from a satellite, you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really want someone that was equipped with all the knowledge they needed to actually go in and look at these things. Uh, but then I guess that would be the people themselves that are talking. Uh, we, we've heard numbers between 12, 6, 4, you, you know, uh, the number kind of keeps changing. It's clear someone's talking, but we don't know who. And I would love for for Arrow to, as part of the legislation, they were meant to put on a website how many people have used the the system to submit classified information. Yeah. Um, and thus far, the system isn't up and running. You know, we heard during the hearing they submitted around Christmas the proposal yeah. for the system, and they still don't have anything back. So the the DB phrased it as a phrased it as administrative terrorism. That uh, they're just dragging their heels and making Sean Kirkpatrick's life harder. I, I feel like he he's in a good position to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff here. Give him Title Fifty access. Let him see all those sensors. Let him see all these historical documents and and actually take the claims of these whistleblowers forward to find out if they're real or not. And yeah, once once we know, he he can share it. Uh, but until then, an article in the Daily Mail full of possibly maybe uh, doesn't doesn't do much for me. I would say. Yeah, look out for my article in the Daily Mail tomorrow. No, <laughs> yeah. But listen, it's, it's better to have something there than nothing there. Um, so thanks to to Josh for that. And also he writes uh, normally with Chris Sharp as well. So to, to Chris and the work he does at Liberation Times too. Um, anything there, there else? was on? Uh, a Go really on. cool, and this is from another interview with Danny, but I always think of it when Danny comes up. He, he gave this amazing story, this analogy of when a butterfly comes out of the cocoon and there's like this little strand that kind of holds it back to, to the I cocoon. knew you were going to use this. Yeah, it's good, right? It's it's a memorable one. And and he kind of explains that if you cut that strand for the butterfly, then it won't have the energy and the power that it needs in its wings to be able to fly free and do its thing. Um, and he used it as an analogy to kind of say, that's where we are as, hum- with, as humanity with the subjects. You know, if, if someone comes along and cuts that string too soon, then we're not going to have the prowess and the mindfulness. We need to actually tackle this properly and, and join what is a bigger kind of community of species than we currently know. I think the issue is that there are a lot of people who think the Air Force are back inside the butterfly's cocoon, hauling the strand and the butterfly back down. <laughs> For anyone on YouTube, they can see me doing the overlapping hands. It. Yeah, <laughs> pulling that strand back in. Um, uh, so yeah, and Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick just hoping to close the cocoon back over and make it SEP, someone else's problem, <laughs> as he said. I'd like to thank Blendjet for sponsoring this episode. You know I am already a huge fan of the Blendjet 2. It's a brilliant bit of kit and many of you have picked one up using my promo code, so thanks. I am delighted to let you know it's just got even better. The new Orbiter drinking lid truly puts the Blendjet 2 into the atmosphere ahead of its competition. It's leak-proof, has a larger opening for thick smoothies with room for a straw, and it's engineered to keep spills at bay. I'm surprised Bob Lazar didn't talk about seeing this tech in the halls at S4. It's easy to use, so it can be operated one-handed, ideal for walking around, camping under the stars, or drinking on the treadmill. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. Don't forget to add the orbiter lid, and be sure to use the promo code THATUFO12 to get 12% off 
your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code THATUFO12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. So yeah, but who, who knows? It's, it's, it's an interesting one and we are going to see Again, what I was glad with the hearings, the announcement came and the hearings happened within, what, 10 days? There wasn't a long time to wait. Uh, We've got the classified, there's a classified version of the task force report due soon. We will likely not even see that or know that it's happened. There'll be the unclassified version due around June, July. Dr. Shankar Patrick said that he said was running on time, hopefully. Um, Senator Gillibrand seemed to be all about supporting his work and efforts and making sure things happened that he needed to happen. And including these uh, whistleblowers that we're now hearing are coming forward and are speaking. James Fox, who we're going to get to in a moment, apparently has interviewed whistleblowers uh, in DC when he was visiting there. I know there are other officials that people would know well are in DC right now um, discussing UAP. Um, So, anonymous sources tell me, sorry folks, um, but trusted sources so there are people in dc just now so it's an interesting one um we should hear within a reasonable time frame or know if progress is being made and i think if it comes june july august september we start getting towards that halloween annual report is it halloween that was the it was it was a horrifying report at halloween that's right (laughs) yeah that was the one yeah scary treehouse of horror style um, (laughs) for the simpsons um we should start to see that if progress is being made or is there, you know, the Air Force or others obfuscating things in the cocoon, pulling the strand back in, um, trying to put the genie back in the bottle, which we keep saying or keep hearing won't happen. But, you know, we need to see that more progress is being made because right now it's it's a tough one. I think it is a tough one. But, yeah, I'm still hopeful. So we'll see. Um, anything yeah. else on hearing's reaction from you, Dan? Um in Tim's article at the debrief, there was a little section on what's next that I thought was, you know, interesting. Um, he basically kind of explained that Arrow is going to carefully analyze its unknown cases, or as Kirkpatrick put it, the very small percentage of UAP reports that display signatures that could be reasonably described as anomalous. That's a mouthful, but it's an exciting statement. You know, they're going to look at the anomalous stuff that isn't somebody else's problem and, and kind of tackle that. Hopefully the Title 50 access will come sooner rather than later so they can, you know, very robustly kind of analyze those. Um, they're going to be putting together a collection plan, probably to gather their own data as opposed to relying on just reports. So I imagine that will end up being somewhat akin to something like the Galileo project, where mm-hmm. they'll actually deploy satellites that, you know, we've heard that behind the scenes, they've had satellites that are geared towards UAP for donkey's years. But this will kind of be the first publicly known census that deployed by the US government to gather data on UAP. And Kirkpatrick, you know, that that should be able to feed into that NASA study and things like that. So we'll see that road coming together. Hopefully, the OS, OUSDI issues get sorted out. Um, we've heard often over the years that they kind of obfuscate things and the people that Lou Elizondo pointed out, uh, Neil Tipton and Matt Cummings, they're still at the OUSDI. So if they are obfuscating things, those guys are a bit of a roadblock. 
we've also got can um, i just before you say sure. the next one um because I, I hate when people use words that i don't know the meaning of on podcasts unnecessarily oh, sure. and i'm very aware that i said obfuscate as well so for anyone who's listening to this thinking listen to those dicks say the word obfuscate um it, it does just mean make things difficult yeah, um because i wouldn't have known what it was before someone said so and then i was thinking that? come on andy we know what it means apologies but yeah there'll be someone nice. sitting there going I like oh, that what but no yeah, audience member left behind i like it that's it yeah <laughs> um then we also have um and this has kind of gone unmentioned since it happened but during the whole chinese balloon thing uh it was announced that uh or the the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, was tasked with leading the White House's UAP inquiry, which was meant to be independent interagency. So I would hope that we're going to hear a little bit more about that soon, uh, because that would have access to pretty much everything they need access to. Um, you know, Jake Sullivan could just start kicking down doors and <laughs> taking names. The last president we had that did something like this was Clinton. You know, he said that he tasked Podesta and things like that to go look at the UFO files. But as Podesta said, one of his great regrets was not being able to release those files. Um, and this was before the days that, you know, we're getting the files we're getting now. So yeah. I'm really curious what files he was referring to and what they did find and, and yeah, what, what light that could shed on the situation. Back in the days of the X-Files, like, you know, that was all the whole thing, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so... James Fox, uh, friend of the show, I like to say, because James Fox has been on a couple of times and will be back on again in the coming months. Uh, director of the f- um, the Phenomenon documentary, director of, you know, um, I Know What I Saw, the Virginia case that was most recent, is on Joe Rogan. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday the 26th of April. He's due Thursday the 27th of April. Um, he's already recorded. This got announced a few days ago, um, and he's on there to discuss the Virginia case and no doubt a little bit more as well. There's nothing to say, or it's only speculation because we don't know what he said on the podcast, but I'll just give my own two cents, or two pennies, depending on your best. Uh, James Fox, lovely guy. pesos for the Yeah, Mexicans. pesos, yeah. For, yeah, Dan just back. Um, but yeah, James Fox, lovely guy. He really looks like my dad, um, which is weird. Um, I think he's so nice to talk to. He comes across incredibly passionate about the UFO subject. Um, he's a fan of the topic. He doesn't mind speculating. And I always get the feeling, and I've said this before, and I always caveat it by saying, in the nicest way possible, if anyone who I respect and appreciate and, and listen to, like James Fox, was going to spill more than they should, I think he's the type of guy who potentially is going to loosen his tongue a little bit. And I would hope if he's going to do it, he's done it on a national stage like Joe Rogan because um, James deserves the attention, the Phenomenon documentary, the Virginia case um, documentary, all deserve to go back up the charts, be seen by more people. That's the type of material that will get more eyes on the UFO topic and subject. Um, James Fox, a wonderful ambassador for the topic, in my opinion, and it's great to see someone like him on Joe Rogan. I hope Joe Rogan's pressed him in terms of questioning. James Fox himself won't mind that, and it's good to see Joe Rogan back talking UFOs so, Dan, you made an, an interesting uh, comment when we mentioned this before hitting record. That, you know, <laughs> oh, he should pay for the video. And for anyone who, who won't know what I mean by that, yeah, James Fox is apparently still, as far as we know, trying to get his hands on video of the, the creature from the Virginia crash in Brazil that allegedly exists. Um, someone has it and is looking for, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars, was it? Or he's offered think, a few? I think that was the offer, yeah, when someone was like, that's a bit low. But yeah, yeah. that was the offer put out there. 
um, if that video is out there, you'd you'd said, you know, Rogan should just pay for it. And yeah, do you know what? I'm sure Joe Rogan, for play money, has a couple of million dollars that he can literally go, James, if you can get what, that what video. That Spotify deal? Like yeah, 110 I, oh, yeah, that, and, and he has a, a comedy club now that apparently is doing gangbusters every night, uh, every weekend, taking, you know, tens of thousands. Uh, the mothership in Texas it is. So yeah, Joe Joe could afford to just drop that money on the sidewalk and not even look back. So, and I'm sure yeah. Spotify will front the money to Rogan for James Fox if he says you go and get that video, you give me an exclusive, I will play it on my show, and we'll talk about it first here. Then yeah, go and get it. That will pay in itself. You know that's 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 just good business if nothing else. Yeah, and it's also a fantastic way to get a what is meant to be a good piece of credible footage out there or it'll be a good way to completely poo-poo something that wasn't worth it either way it's i think that's that that would just be sensible and i hope to god that comes up on the podcast tomorrow yeah because it's a really fair point it's crossed uh you know joe seems certainly one of these people that would go for something like that you know he he did that i forget the name of the show now but it was something like joe rogan investigates and he went around a bunch of different you know there was an episode on remote viewing episode on aliens episode on psychics and things like that and he, he said after that one season, he got tired of it because there was no proof. And here is a real opportunity where he can, you know, help draw a line under something um, and really, really contribute. And like you said before, like while we're at it, let's let's get that Chuck Clark video. Yeah. Chuck, I, I said Chuck Taylor when we discussed it before. Didn't I? But it's <laughs> I Chuck Clark. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck Taylor's a rock star, isn't he? Um, so yeah, Chuck <laughs> Maybe Clark. He has it. <laughs> the Chuck Clark video. Again, if you haven't listened to the interviews with James Fox, go back and listen to them. Um, ideally, my interviews, not Joe Rogan's, but hey-ho. Um, James Fox has talked about on many different podcasts a video that he has apparently seen where uh, two guys backpacking, and I'm going to very quickly run through it, um, ended up in the, the 90, mid-90s um, filming an alleged UFO above them with a handheld camera. Apparently the footage is incredible, however massively degraded to this day. Um, I don't want it. It's not 8K. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's not going to be, but <laughs> I would, I, while I'm at it, I'd be throwing a couple of hundred grand. Or do you know what? Can we just make Chuck Clark a millionaire? Give him the yeah. money. Go enjoy your life, Chuck. Give us that video. Yeah. Just, just that's money to say, We'll keep your name out of it. No one's going to come yeah. and accost you. Like it is about the material itself, and that's Story video Chuck, I've just, made, I've just named you. Yeah, <laughs> but we haven't said where he lives or anything. No one's doxing anyone. But yeah, that that video was apparently phenomenal. You know, there, there are stills that exist online of it, and it yeah. looks perfectly reasonable to watch to me. Uh, you, you know, I jokingly said that AK thing, but I really don't care. It could be filmed with an old Nokia for all I care. If it shows the phenomena, let's get on with it. It's probably better being old footage from the mid 90s as opposed to something brand new in 4k because that whole thing what does real look like it's much harder yeah. to doctor and fake videos back then than it is now when you can do yeah. it on your iphone so now you um, just say chat gpt make me a video of alien sighting and it's just there you know yeah or it says and, and actually some, something happened when we were in colombia that, that you might find interesting basically ashley was making something to kind of show um to show what the lights on the mountain would look like, basically. And it was, the, the reported sighting was like this light above the mountain that shot up in the air. So we animated that. And it very clearly has recreation on it. And, you know, it was presented as such. That clip was cut and cropped and ended up on a news program. <laughs> Typical, nice. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No credit given. 
yeah, always credit people, folks. Always trying. And if I ever mess that up by doing it, then apologies. But yeah, no, and you're, you're totally right that I, I would be hoping Rogan will offer to pay for the video, um, unless James already has it, in which case, you know, good time to announce it. Um, but yeah, so that's something we can probably talk about next week. But look out for that one. Um, folks, Joe Rogan runs a small podcast himself, support grassroots podcasting. Make sure you give <laughs> Joe a follow on Spotify. Rate his show. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Um, yeah, buy some of his merch, you know, but, you know, all pays for the Rogan family's ballet shoes, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> listen, Joe Rogan's a clever guy, whether you like him or not. Very rich, very successful, so good on him. Um, speaking of rich and successful, Jimmy Church was hosting John Ramirez, former CIA, um, former guest of the show, on Fade to Black last night, Dan. He's going to be on Vinny of Disclosure Team's podcast in the next couple of days as well, folks, so make sure you check that one out. Um, hopefully I'll have John on next month as well to follow up on some of the comments. However, a couple of things I woke up to today, including a few listeners getting in touch to ask me my thoughts on it before I'd even seen it, as um, John Ramirez said, uh, 2027, is a year that he keeps hearing being brought up, including in skiffs, you know, closed door briefings he's been part of, um, experiencers talking about the year 2027 being significant. And uh, John said, and he did quantify it by saying it's just his opinion that he hopes that if by 2027 disclosure has happened in the way that may, with government information, you know, the UAP task force stuff, Arrow, um, that beings already on the planet will be able to announce themselves in in a big way or at least come out and say you know we're here we have been here this is this for many people is pure speculation territory and i know the comments online have already massively split down the middle between john's jumped the shark here completely john's just making stuff up to be fair to john ramirez he does say very often even with some of the wilder speculation and the comments that it's much of it is just his opinion because of little bits and pieces he has heard and I think it's one of those, if you're a fan of speculation, you'll love John Ramirez. If you need named sources, dates, times, facts, when things happened, then you may might not, not like a lot of it because John will tell you, I've heard little bits of this and off the back of it, here's what I think. And sometimes that can be misconstrued in the day and age of editing context clips. Like you say, Dan, Ash Kiwi made a clip, gets cut, cropped and hoyed out online somewhere else in a news show. Do you know what I mean? That's that can happen a lot to John as well. Not to say that he doesn't make a lot of kind of kind of wilder comments, with all due respect. Um, and do enjoy enjoy talking to John. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's part and parcel of the UFO topic. Um, and some people love to hear it, some people don't. So that that was the first comment they made, Dan. I'll ask your thoughts on on that. When people name dates specifically, they tend to come and go, don't they? Yeah, they do. And, and we kind of get these prophecies from so many different places. There's a list somewhere online of them, you know, we, we should have experienced a whole bunch of things by now over the last 100 years. But John's just repeating what he's heard. And, and I'm one of these people that finds what John says really challenging, but I will listen to what he has to say because he is qualified, like he does, he does have the background that he says he does. Um, Saying 2027 isn't any more out there than other stuff he said in previous interviews as well. But the the one thing for me there would be that if it's something that's said in a skiff, that means it's something that's really protected and something that shouldn't be repeated outside said skiff. So the fact that he's even talking about it for me is a little bit of a red flag. But rather than dismissing it, it would be the kind of thing that I'd want to say to John, hey, can you elaborate on this a little bit? Because I'm curious, right? Uh, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Hold things lightly. Take this seriously. <laughs> Yeah, so interesting. And again, like I say, I, he said it, it's there. The clips are online, folks. Um, 
I'd like to thank Liquid IV for sponsoring this episode. Folks, you've heard me bang on about my own health and fitness journey the last year or so and how it's true that by looking after yourself, you just feel better. Staying hydrated is key to having the energy to get through your daily routine feeling good. That's where Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you may be missing in that daily routine. Eating and drinking healthy can sometimes be boring, but the range of flavours offered by Liquid IV takes care of that, with lemon and lime, pina colada and tropical punch among some of the best, though I'm particularly fond of the strawberry lemonade. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone, containing five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12 and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of premium sports drinks and its non gm and gluten-free, dairy and soya-free too. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code THATUFO at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code THATUFO at liquidiv.com. Dan, do you remember, obviously, Anjali, um, who, who kind of came and went last year? And something I said I was going to mention to you and not tell you what it was till we hit record. Is this it? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, this is it, yeah. Um, and Jali, who, for folks who are, again, newer to the topic or maybe weren't as present online last year, I think it was, Dan, was it 2022? Um, this this woman came forward, and Jali, who said she previously had a role within uh, the US government, um, she, I, I believe she did from, from what she's provided and Jimmy Church said she'd sent him loads of proof and all that. So take that for what you will, but, um, I'd no reason to disbelieve that she came out and basically said she had basically proof of ETs being here on the planet, that she was conversing with, with extraterrestrial beings or other worldly beings and that they were, they were based in a cave. And I'm, I might be misremembering some of this, but she was going to go to the cave and take people to the cave and meet these beings and, the presentation of it was very strange because she'd done it. Was it outside the Washington Monument? Am I, am I, am I yeah, correct? Yeah, it, it was announced as like a briefing, a formal briefing, but then it was just someone on the steps of the Washington Monument talking to yeah. some press. And just the whole presentation and approach to what she was trying to say and execute was, was extremely poor if what she was saying is legitimate. And I think this, again, maybe speaks to when someone like a Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick could come out and say, we have proof of extraterrestrial life to do it in a certain, it's got to be done a certain way to really catch the attention and be the right way to present the information, um, regardless of our previous position and career that she may or may not have had. Do you remember she also set up uh, an elimination tournament on social media? I do. And I was against a dead celebrity. I remember you were, that. were, <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, that did happen, folks. And I'm not making fun of it, but as a character, John Ramirez said, sorry, John Ramirez said he has full faith in Anjali and her background and what she says is being true. I personally don't believe that the Anjali story is, is true um, for whatever reason, uh, whether she thinks it's true and it's not or or whatever. I just don't see any evidence or proof of that whatsoever. And it was one of those that it was such a wild claim that she had proof of these beings that it was either, okay, brilliant, show people, the tournament thing was ridiculous because, Christ, I think I was up there with Elon Musk at one point and you were voting for who you wanted to go. And I'm I'm not being, you know, flippant in my comments here. This is exactly what she done. Like you say, Dan, you were up there. Was it Stanton Friedman? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Part, something like that, yeah. And it was like, vote for who you want to go, which was all very strange and a weird popularity contest in itself. And then 
it all got cancelled because the, the beings decided they didn't want to be seen. And that kind of stuff, let's say she is being 100% truthful, doesn't help. I'm that's, just that's I'm, the kind of I'm thing. just going to correct that a little bit, just in Go case on. I was listening. It wasn't the beings didn't want to be seen. It's that the farmer that owned the property didn't want that to let was it back a, on. That's a, yeah. So the beings were up for it, but the farmer who owned the property <laughs> the didn't want to let it back on. It. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's a Scottish turn of phrase. But, but yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's so again, let's go with that was all true. What she said, those beings are there in a cave doesn't help. That's the kind of thing that anyone coming to this topic, and again, I'll use an example of any of my work colleagues who are interested or dip their toe in the UFO topic. They see that. That's the kind of stuff they go, nah, that's just crazy. And it's not helpful. So yeah, interesting one. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Anjali stuff myself. There was a lot of weird stuff with that around at the time. Um and I think we said at the time we were kind of moving on from it. A lot of people kind of stopped following her. I know I certainly did. And best yeah. of luck to her. Um, she's got a family. She's got kids, you know. So, yeah, I hope I hope things are going well for her. Um, but, yeah, she's kind of been out the UFO topic. And I would just say to people, be respectful with it being brought back up and everything because you never know kind of what's going on with that that whole thing. So Yeah, for sure. And, and as I said at the time, it, like, I'm the same as you. I don't really believe it. But if it's an objective fact, then... I would love to be proven wrong, you know, and, and to, to have the privilege of being going shown that cave in that space uh, would be would be a really interesting and curious adventure. I'd be I'd be happy to go still if she still wanted to do it. Um, yeah. And pay for it. And pay for it. <laughs> yeah. um, but listen, and again, that's just our opinion. If you're into the Anjali story and all that entails, brilliant, great, because what I'm going to move on to next is very similar to that in itself. Um, just welcome to the UFO topic. Um Skinwalker Ranch uh, sent out um, a kind of press release email and they they gave a load of folks uh, um, access to a clip that I retweet and pose the question. Uh, have Skinwalker Ranch season four, episode three, that's coming out next week, have they actually found some kind of proof on video of the anomaly that may be causing some of the issues on, on the ranch. The clip showed Travis Taylor and the other the rest of the cast basically performing an experiment where they were shooting a firework into the air and the video appeared to capture something as they well they presented it as something stopping the firework and blowing it up at a certain yeah, height. That's right. Um Dan, I won't speak for you. Immediately you you shared your thoughts with me of what you thought it might be, and it wasn't dissimilar to what many others online thought as well. What what sure. were your thoughts on the clip? Just the way I mean the the thing shows up in the air as the rocket flares up on the ground and it's exactly opposite in the image. And usually that's the kind of thing that you get with lens flares on camera. However, you were completely correct in kind of saying, you know, you'd hope you'd hope there was more behind it as opposed to just mm. this footage uh, to be presented this way. And it's the kind of thing that I'd love to follow up with, with the guys uh, that were present because, you know, they, for every one experiment we see, they've done 20, 30 days of work on, on that kind of area, repeated it and repeated it and repeated it. So I, I would love to see the raw data and the elaboration on that. Uh, but immediately that that little bit of footage, that little clip uh, had me raising an eyebrow in, in a not so positive way, I would say. And you know what? That's fair opinion, and it split a lot of people online. Um, I was interested in the comments. A lot of people were very blunt with the, nope, it shows nothing, it's lens flare, it's just a camera artifact, it's it's nothing. 
Um, other folks, again, and this is something that maybe ran through the theme of this, this breakdown, is the, the differing sides of the UFO topic community, what people are interested in. Skinwalker Ranch has a big fan base and the story, the lore, the history, the myth. And there's a lot of people who do enjoy watching it. And they take that at face value of they have hit something, there's something potentially there. And I'll I'll go against your point, Dan, just from Devil's Advocate. I don't know. I I, I don't um particularly have thoughts either way on it. Maybe that's what something would look like anyway. Maybe it would look like some kind of lens flare, just the way it presents itself. And it could be just coincidence, the same way a Batman-shaped balloon can look like a UFO. You know, yeah, exactly. that, that just happens. But like you say, if we're going to go with common sense and logic, it looks like it's lens flare. For me, all I'll say is in terms of opinion and you know something to think about is, I would hope a Dr. Travis Taylor, an Eric Bard, Thomas Winterton and co, Brandon Fugel would have the savvy and the common sense, very intelligent people we're talking about, to not just present something that prosaic as proof, because that's that's credit, credibility killing for folks. And that is something debunkers and skeptics will jump all over, and they already have. But that's, so that's I would hope there's me. data. Yeah, that's why for me, I think that as much as I'm like, oh, that kind of looks like lens flare, that's why ultimately I'm like, you know what? These aren't stupid guys. God Eric, no. you spoke to him. He's so switched on. So I've got to assume that they've gone, maybe that was lens flare. Let's do it again. Let's do it from a different angle. Let's raise the camera up. Let's, you, you know, there's a whole bunch of work there that, that goes into it. And the, one of the reasons I'd like to talk to them about that is because they they don't have control over production, right? So if something like that happened, production could show it in a certain light and then they while that's happening could could find out that it's actually xyz and have a more informed opinion of it how far that work has gone i i would like an update on that to find out but um i probably have to sign up to the insider thing for like 6.99 a month to do that right potentially yeah and i've not seen the date on the material yet um the episode doesn't come out until till next week folks episode two was just out last night with the drone light uh, grid that looked pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've not watched that myself either yet, not had time. But the the episode was filmed quite a while ago. So there has been a time period that's passed where you would hope data has been looked at, presented, and I would hope once that episode has actually been um put out on for for the world to see that Brandon, Travis, Thomas Winterton, whoever else We'll 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 provide some data and some some backing up of that as to why that was anomalous and not just there's the video because yeah, it's that whole one source thing, isn't it? But yeah. So and do you yeah, know what? Exactly. If it does turn out to be, it was a video. It's the human element of things. Then fine, you know, mistakes happen, and it's that's people aren't infallible, but that that's the opportunity to quickly kind of quash that stuff as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like for, for me, if they came out and said this was actually prosaic, even though we made a big thing of it, that would add to their credibility for me. Whereas I know some debunkers in the community would use that. Every time they said something was anomalous, they go, oh, remember the lens flare, you know? Yeah. Uh, for me, that's not the case. You know, one one experiment that turns out to be prosaic doesn't mean that every experiment is prosaic. That's not, you, you got to take everything on its own merits. Hundred percent, and and just on a similar kind of track side note, uh, Ronnie Vernet, who's a former guest on the podcast, Brazilian journalist, UFO researcher, um, lovely guy. He basically put out a tweet saying that there has been a 
Major findings regarding unidentified anomalous phenomena, scientific monitoring in Brazil rolls off the tongue. Um, you used the phrase earlier, Dan, an exciting mouthful, which I never picked you up on at the time, <laughs> but I thought I'd best leave it. Um, there's another one. <laughs> um, he said that last week, a four-day field immersion uh, was carried out in a hotspot in Brazil. Uh, it was Serra de Beleza in Rio de Janeiro to record events of anomalous phenomena and their signatures in radio, microwave, infrared, visible and ionizing spectrums. Um, the findings, just to very quickly touch on, similar to the kind of work that's done at uh, Skinwalker Ranch, there were peaks of electromagnetic radiation a few minutes before the appearance of phenomena with magnetic and electrical field values 30 times greater than the background noise. In the same window of appearance of the phenomena, a strong electromagnetic signal was detected in the microwave range near 1.6 gigahertz. That's a frequency that's talked about quite often in the UFO community and topic when it comes to the science and understanding of, of various signals craft or objects may put out. And also there was a response after the emission of a laser beam through changes in colour and intensity, as well as blinks demonstrating possible intelligence behind these phenomena. Roney followed up, more data is needed to corroborate findings and continuous measurement equipment will be installed in the coming weeks. So that's one that there will be follow-up off the back of. Um, interesting science being done there, Dan. Nice to see that kind of stuff you know, being done. Uh, any initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Something was there. Something reacted, you know, like he said, it was changing colors. There seemed to be an interaction there. To, to me, it sounds similar to what we were witnessing in Colombia and various other places all over the world, you know, Hestal and things like that. So the more the more live laboratories we can find to study this stuff, the better. And it's so encouraging to hear that continuous monitoring equipment is going to be installed because that's exactly what we need. The more, the merrier. Yeah. Uh, and no more on that. Just like I say, it's a uh, science is science. So go do science. Yeah, go do um, science. <laughs> yeah. And anything from you, Dan, finally, before we wrap up, I think you had something else. Um, Only to, I mean, I'm touching on the hearing stuff again, but I realized I forgot it earlier that Cobell said he knows, and this was, you know, definitive fact, he knows that uh, people in Congress have been given the names and the locations of these legacy UFO programs. So clearly they remain to be checked by uh, Dr. Kirkpatrick, but it seems like all the right information is getting to the right places or at least starting to. So, so we should see some, some progress this year in the NDAA look out for that soon. As soon as it's up, I'll post about it. Um, but uh, also I touch on the, there was some footage that I saw from around the hearings where uh, people were handing dossiers of information to, to Gillibrand this is the um, audience members I may have touched on earlier that people sure. may not have seen. Yeah. And and some people, you know, they have different opinions of what's possibly in that dossier and, and you know, the people presenting it. But I would just emphasize to people, you know, when you're handing politicians stuff like this, they're going to hand it to their staffers and their staffers are likely dropping it in the bin. You, you know, good that you're doing it, but don't don't hope for someone like that to, to follow your every word. We almost want them to have an independent investigation free of all the cruft that we, we've kind of built up um you know Gillibrand opened the hearings by saying that she was informed there are advanced craft in our airspace that we don't know who are operating and we're unaware of their capabilities that's an encouraging statement and place to that's be that's the sound bite that that is still yeah. the sound bite that the <laughs> mainstream great, right? media should pick up on you <laughs> absolutely and Gillibrand is going to be appearing on May 1st on the Good Trouble show with Matt Ford. So expect some, you know, more conversation around that. I'm sure we can ask her, you know, why why weren't there more hard-hitting questions and things like that. But I just emphasize to people that, you know, the phenomena doesn't care about hearings. 
ultimately it's out there. So go do the science. Go science, folks. Yeah. Go awesome. Science. Dan, thank you very much for joining me. Um, nice to have some things to run through. Um, should be back next week to break down again. We'll talk about Fox on Rogan, what was discussed. Um, any further updates from anything from this week? We should hopefully keep hearing more about whistleblowers coming forward, any of that good stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm set up for an interesting summer, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Things are moving. You know, things are progressing. That's that's all we ever want is just keep getting that ball down the field, you know? Unless you're based in the Southern Hemisphere, in which case we're set up for an interesting winter, possibly. well put that is all for this week's show thank you very much for listening please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform you can like retweet and subscribe that would all be very much appreciated the shows are being uploaded onto youtube as we speak more and more you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast to access shows ad free as well please get in touch on twitter facebook instagram that ufo podcast Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of The little fucker hovered right inside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I'd like to thank Laird Superfood for sponsoring this episode. My nutrition has changed a lot over the last year since I decided to look after myself a little bit more, not just for me, but my family too. One constant note is my coffee, and you'll know I'm a big coffee lover. It's not just part of my morning, but my daily routine. Laird Superfood and their creamers have been a bit of a game changer for me and taken my coffee game to a whole new level. It's the perfect way to not only fuel your morning, but your whole day with organic, natural, plant-based ingredients. And for me, as a diabetic, there is no sugar from highly refined coffee corn syrup. There's also a huge variety of snacks, baking mixes and protein options for you to try, all made with plant-based ingredients to keep you charged for whatever life takes you. Are you ready to feel more energised, focused and supported? Go to lairdsuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunset to sunrise. Use promo code THATUFO at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today.